Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash being boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson. And in this episode, we're continuing our series on what you need to know as you move into 2022 as a small business owner with a chat with Andrea Jones on what's happening in the world of social media marketing, including what's working, what's not working, and what you need to be doing. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and share us with a friend. Sometimes seeing someone else's path to success helps us clearly map out our own. It's why we all like business podcasts, right? Well, I'm here to share a show for you to check out the Female Startup Club podcast an amazing resource that shares insights and learnings from the world's most successful female founders, entrepreneurs, and women in business. In a recent episode, I loved hearing about how Michelle Grant, the founder of Lively, the lingerie and swimwear brand built and sold her company for $105 million in just three years. Total boss move. So if you're looking for a new pod to inspire your next steps, listen to the Female Startup Club podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Andrea Jones is fiercely committed to empowering businesses to utilize the power of social media in a positive and impactful way without being overwhelmed and drained by it. With over seven years' experience in the game, Andrea hosts the acclaimed podcast, Savvy Social Podcast, leads a team providing done-for-you service inside her marketing agency that was named a top digital marketing agency in 2021 and serves over 200 students in her membership, Savvy Social School. Welcome, Andrea, to Being Boss. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course, of course. Um, I'm excited to bring you on to the podcast because we've actually done some things together in the Being Boss Clubhouse earlier. Well, so full disclosure, we're recording this at the end of 2021, (laughs) although it's going live in 2022. So earlier this year, earlier in 2021, you came and did a really great LinkedIn workshop for our clubhouse members. And for months, bosses were talking few things more than LinkedIn, thanks to you. Yay. I love it. And I love the clubhouse. It's such a fun place to hang out as a business owner. Oh, I I appreciate that. I think I agree. I like to be in there as well. I was in there the other day asking about gallery walls in your house. (laughs) Also, sometimes serious business things as well. (laughs) Um, But bosses are fun people. And I'm glad I'm glad you're a part of the community um, and glad to be sharing your expertise to our wider audience today. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I love it. 
Perfect. So before we dive into all the juicy things, I want to talk about what might also be a juicy thing, which is your entrepreneurial journey. Um, I'd love to give everyone a bit of a background to this conversation. So if you don't mind opening us up with how it is that you got to where you are today and what it is that you do. Yeah. So I am a social media strategist and I run an agency and also teach social media in my membership program. And I actually really enjoyed social media as an introvert. Um, in 2004, I found a little part of the internet that was talking about Harry Potter books on forums and things and started my own blog. Um, from there, I started blogging and um, talking about my personal life, created my YouTube channel in 2007. And just enjoyed showing up in that way because I got to choose how to communicate and then I could just tuck it away when I didn't want to or when I felt like it was draining, um, which led me down the path of wanting to do more content creation and social media in my job. Um, so at the time, this is 2013, I was a manager at a spa, um, worked at Marriott spa, uh, Hotels and Spas, and um, was just put on the social media team as one of the youngest people on the team at the time and really loved it. And I remember saying to my boss, I want to do the social media part, just that part of my job. Um, and they were like, this isn't a real full-time job. It would never be a full-time <laughs> job. <laughs> Um, yep. And in in all the mix of all of this, I met my husband on YouTube. So we were both creating YouTube content. We collaborated together. We met. I ended up quitting my job and moving to Canada to be with him, live with him, get married. Um, and so that move kind of launched me into freelancing and starting my own business. So I took that as that my leap of opportunity, started freelancing and just kind of grew from there. Oh my, okay. I think you might be the first boss ever on the show who got married from someone they met on the internet. Okay. I love that. <laughs> At the time, too, my friends and family were like, Are you sure you don't I bet know this person? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, now it's just like everyday occurrence, right? We okay. meet everyone on the internet, but to hear to hear it, it's I, I haven't heard that story before here on the podcast. I'm so glad that that's how that happened. Um, but related to social media, how funny it is that Marriott was like, that would never be a full-time job because I wonder what yeah. just their payroll is for social media teams these days. Yes, exactly. And it it's so interesting how quickly things change too, because they were telling me this in, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013. So it was still relatively new. Uh, but even by 2014, 2015, it was fairly common for um, businesses of that size to at least have one person on social media solely. And now there's teams of people and whole departments now built around this. So it's just fascinating how quickly this industry has grown. What was the what was the landscape of social media like whenever you made that request? Do you remember? There we were on Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were really struggling with just creating content. Every piece of content was um had to go through this extensive review process and we were only yeah. posting once or twice a week. Um, and it was just very different. There wasn't a way for them to really have much tracking. They, they couldn't figure out how to get people to follow the pages. It was just kind of like, we're doing this because everyone else is starting to do it. Whereas now there's, you know, there's personalities behind brands. There's, you know, whole campaigns that are built around these things. So it, ha it is interesting how much, um, how more seriously it's being taken. 
Yeah. And what did the transition look like for you sort of quitting that job and going into, I guess, just freelance social media management? What what was that like? And then and then the next transition too of then building your own agency. Yeah. And you know, I watched both my parents are uh, business owners. I watched them growing up creating a business and I honestly didn't want to do that because I wa- <laughs> like the, it looked the hard. good times are great. It was hard. <laughs> the good times are great, but I watched them work so hard. Yeah. And um I was like I want to I want a corporate job. Like I want a regular job, regular job, quote unquote. Um but when I moved and I started freelancing, I was doing all sorts of things. Um I have a degree in English literature, so I was doing research. I was writing blogs. I was writing product descriptions. And then I sort of started nestling into social media and really found value there because it's so repeatable. So that's where I built my business is on this repeatable service that I could deliver to people who needed it fairly consistently. And I actually didn't call my agency, myself an agency until about two years ago. I always called myself a freelancer who just happens to have other people on her team. <laughs> Um, and that transition was a huge mental shift for me before I actually started um, changing it. I remember hiring my first person because I went on vacation and I couldn't relax because I was so worried about the posts that were scheduled. Would they go out? Responding to comments and questions that would come in for my clients. And so I really hired my first person as like a secondary me, a backup person, and then just sort of built from there, um, structuring out the team with hiring graphic designers and copywriters and, um, you know, other people who can help deliver the service. And now um, my team does a lot of that. They run all of our clients' accounts and I get to be um, the lead strategist of sorts, kind of creating the vision for our clients and for the company um, and, and taking a stab at what's to come with social media marketing. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, what's... <laughs> Sorry, not sorry, but like you are kind of one of the social media dinosaurs, <laughs> right? Like yeah. to to have been in this industry literally from the beginning in one way or the other. And it's, you know, learning it as it's getting started and and being a part of the corporate conversation even of like, is this valuable enough for you to like put someone on the payroll to do this thing and do freelancing and then agency building? Like in, you know, 10 years you're going to be like a T-Rex. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of the evolution of the internet. Um, and I do feel like I have a lot of emotions around it because of that. Like I remember I the good old days, quote unquote, where you could just post something on Facebook and it would go viral. Or, you know, you would stumble upon like the most amazing little corners of the internet. Um, and it feels a little bit crowded now, but I definitely see it going back to that in the future. But I do feel like that, that granny who's like, well, back in my day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel the same way too. I always like whenever we're talking social media stuff and I'm like, don't forget everyone that business operated before social media was a thing. My first business, I operated it when you, there was no such thing as a business Facebook page. Like Facebook was for college kids only, <laughs> right? Back in the day. And there was no such thing as a business page. Um, and so similar, it's, I hadn't quite thought of it that way, though, this idea that because we have been there for the birth and early evolutions, there is an attachment to that. I also like now that you say that I feel that within myself, I never quite connected them. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> right? Getting all all kinds of feels about these evolutions. Well, this is why I've had you come have this conversation with me today because I want to look at where social media is now and I love that you can give it um you can talk about this through the lens of having seen it evolve literally from its inception, right? Um so it really gives that really um, deep lens through which we can view this. So I think to just sort of generally get us started, I would love to hear from you from a bird's eye view, what is happening in the world of social media, marketing for small businesses, I think specifically right now, what what does it look like from up there? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a challenge for small businesses over the past couple of years because there's this idea on social media that um no it's no longer a place for personal connection. We have to show up with this professionalism. We need a professional photo shoot. We have to have, you know, the videographer and every post has to be perfectly designed. And so it has been a challenge for business owners over the past year or two showing up in that way because it can increase costs for showing up on social media and investing in that platform. And at the same time, we're seeing our content not getting the reach that it used to. So not as many people are seeing it. We're not getting you know the same sorts of likes and comments and messages that we used to see. And so not only are we spending more time on social media, but it feels like it's not as impactful as it used to be. So from a bird's eye view, I do see a lot of business owners kind of struggling with how to show up on social media. Is it a good tool to use as a as a way to grow my business? Um, how much time should I invest here or should I just completely get rid of it? Those are the conversations I'm hearing happen right now in social media. Um, and I think, you know, looking into the future, some of the good news is that a lot of that is going away. With the rise of platforms like TikTok, there is a um, resurgence of content that is imperfect. The content that is real and human and really based on building relationships. Um, right now on Instagram, for instance, there's a trend going around where uh, people are just using a white background, black text, even taking a screenshot from their notes app, writing on text, and that's how they're communicating their message. It doesn't have to be a whole graphic designed um, post. And so with the resurgence of some of these things as small business owners, there is light at the end of the tunnel because we don't have to show up with a you know, professional photo shoot or video shoot. Um, we don't have to show up with you know, the perfectly designed graphics because that human connection piece is really what people are craving right now. I also feel like we're at this place where these social media platforms have been testing and changing, right? Their own things. And surely they see, <laughs> one, how annoyed we are. And two, how many of us have stopped using the platforms as much because we're experiencing exactly what you're saying, right? Where it costs more time, money, and energy to get less engagement than ever before. And I have also seen that some things are changing to remedy some of the, like they tested and changed and then realized that that probably wasn't the best move. And so they're backtracking in some ways. I think I saw something the other day that Instagram is planning on going back to a version of a chronological feed, 
right? So things like that, like even Instagram is saying, okay, maybe what we did wasn't the best idea. Let's take a step back to something that did work better previously and sort of start over again. Um, And so that's like an Instagram version or one version in Instagram. Are there any other sort of backtracking things or similarly reflective things that are happening on any of the platforms? Yeah, there's this return for interactive content as well. So, you know, we got into a groove for a while as business owners of almost like projecting what we want to say out into the world and waiting for people to comment on it. But now we're seeing the platforms are rewarding those posts that have more interactive features. So on LinkedIn, for instance, right now, there's a trend for LinkedIn polls. So, you know, the multiple choice ABCD poll, um, those types of posts are getting a ton of engagement because as a human being, we almost can't help it when we look at it to put our vote in and tell. <laughs> we have to give our opinion. <laughs> we have to share it. We have to. We can't help it. And even then, people are putting their vote in and then going to the comments and explaining themselves. Yeah. And so <laughs> we love, love the to internet. Share, <laughs> we love to share our opinions. Uh, but because of that, we're seeing these conversations bubble up in places where they wouldn't naturally happen before. And so even as LinkedIn itself is picking up steam, there's just a lot more activity happening on the platform right now. We're seeing some interesting conversations happen in the comments because of this. And so LinkedIn is rewarding people based on their posts, based on those interactions. So what that means is more people see those posts in their feed. Um, and so this return to personal content and interactive content is huge. But it also means as a business owner, we don't have to produce as much of it because the point is now, you know, we have enough content on the internet. Um, let's connect with each other instead of producing more content. And so there's a shift in attention from a user perspective of from producing content to engaging with content. So I, I actually really like that shift personally. Obviously, I met my husband from like commenting on a YouTube video. <laughs> It has benefited you greatly. It has worked for me personally. Um, But I I really like this shift because I actually think as business owners, we'll be more rewarded for it in the long run um, because that builds deeper connections with people instead of, you know, a more shallow connection that just has a like or a follow behind it. Right. That's just like meeting the quota of five posts a week or, or whatever it may be. I also love here, what I'm hearing is that Social media is returning from being too media and more on the spectrum of social. Yep, exactly. We're putting the social back in social media. And I think it's so interesting to see how this shows up on the different platforms as well. Because even platforms like Twitter, we're seeing this um, kind of resurgence of people having these deep conversations on Twitter. So Twitter is known for these like one-liner style posts. But what's happening now is these threaded tweets where people are writing almost like mini blog posts or mini essays on Twitter. And then the conversation that happens after that is so much deeper than a one-liner ever was. And so it's just really interesting to see how this is showing up on the various platforms because I think as business owners, a lot of us aren't content creators. We we like want to run our business. We don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time, you know, dancing for a TikTok video or whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, yep. And so this this kind of 
kind of shift into relationship building can really help us reduce the amount of content that we're creating and spend more time actually connecting with our potential clients and customers. When it comes to growing your business, integrating the right tools at the right time to help you get the job done can be tricky. But the HubSpot CRM platform is a tool that can take the headache out of scaling your business, and it will continue to grow with you. But don't just take it from me. I understand the value of bosses sharing what's worked for them along their entrepreneurial journey. That's why today I'm bringing you the experience of a real boss using HubSpot to take her business to the next level. My name is Kim Dow, and I'm the owner and publisher of SaaS Magazine, a Bean Boss podcast fan and HubSpot CRM customer. So for our business, running a magazine, we have three very different lists. Each of those audiences have very different interests and different goals. HubSpot allows us to create segmented and targeted lists to ensure that we're communicating and marketing to each audience group very effectively. And using HubSpot has played a huge role in helping to increase our open and click rates and to ensure that our readers stay subscribed to our e-newsletters. We love all of the features of HubSpot, and we've really been using it this past year to help grow our business. Throughout the holidays and into 2022, we'll be using HubSpot to set up more automation, such as chat flows and more list building tools. This will allow us to become more productive and more efficient in our time and our workflow. This is Kim Dow from SaaS Magazine, and my HubSpot CRM platform helps my business stay connected. Learn more about how it can do the same for yours at HubSpot.com. Mm, lovely. That is so refreshing to hear. So refreshing. I feel like that makes that makes even me <laughs> really excited about what social media is going to be doing in 2022. And also, because this is such a fresh industry, truly, like really, truly a very fresh industry, we're sort of seeing those like windy first couple of years of like, who are we? What are we doing? And by that, I mean, social media platforms and the people who like, who make up um, the communities on them. And how do we want to use these things? And how are they going to be beneficial? Uh, We're seeing those really tumultuous, we're seeing like the terrible twos, (laughs) who are like, really the really trying threes, um, or whatever it may be. And I think it will start sort of making sense and really being beneficial to everyone if this evolution happens in the way that um, that it really should. What are you seeing in terms of, um, is policing really the word that I want to use? What is the word for like um, misinformation and and misuse of platforms? What are you seeing happening there now and moving into the new year? Yeah, you know, a lot of the platforms, well, first of all, a lot of the platforms really appreciate their clients and customers' attention. So the people who use the apps, they want people to use the apps. And if a group of people feels like they're under attack or they don't feel safe on the app, then a lot of these platforms are making decisions to help their communities feel safe. Um, a great example of this is uh, actually on LinkedIn, recently announced that, that they're going to um, really crack down on the people who use LinkedIn to scrape email addresses 
messages and then spam people their offers, um, which is a common thing that happens on LinkedIn right now. Um, or even the mass auto bot messages that don't have anything to do with what you're offering. They're cracking down on that because they want people to, you know, be on their apps and spend time and feel safe. Um, and so they're promoting it in that way. Um, all of the apps are basically doing this right now, the, the heavy hitters where they're really paying attention to their communities. So on Facebook, for instance, made huge changes this year to how they're collecting and using the data from the people using the apps. So they completely changed their ads platform to reflect these changes based on a lot of things that happened in the U.S. elections previously, and other things where um, the data was, you know, leaked or used in a malicious way. Um, and so, when we see these changes, to me, it's comforting that the apps are trying to, um, you know, really protect their communities, but also still offer a place for openness. Now, it's all not all great because sometimes people get caught up in, um, you know, maybe in automation and their accounts get shut down, even if they're not doing anything malicious. So I had a client recently who is very about uh, body positivity, body neutrality. Um, and a lot of her posts were getting blocked by Facebook and Instagram. And her Instagram account eventually got shut down. She never could get it back. Um, even though she's promoting something great because of some of the nudity rules on the apps, even though she wasn't nude. Um, Facebook and Instagram just started marking her posts as inappropriate and eventually her account got shut down. So not all of these rules are great. And I do think it makes it challenging to kind of put blanket statements over some things. But I do like this conversation. I like the direction that it's going. Nice. Good. Because necessary. Yes. Incredibly necessary. There are a lot of people who act like they're three. <laughs> on these platforms. So good. I know that is a big concern with with many bosses as well. It's just very generally um, not wanting to even see what's happening on these platforms. But again, I've also been reading some news and updates that things are happening, things are being put in place. And just like no one ever starts anything really truly imagining or preparing for the worst case scenario. I think over the past couple of years, we've seen a worst case scenario that no one was fully prepared for. Um, and because these companies are so large and far reaching, I think it, it takes a minute for like real far reaching action to be taken, unfortunately, but I definitely do see it happening as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much farther this evolves as well, because I think the technology is there. When I think about something like I'm a huge fan of TikTok right now because their algorithm to me as a social media geek, I'm just loving how specific it is. And I think there's an opportunity to have that sort of specificity happen in other ways on other apps and be to be used for good, right? So I think there could be a combination of, you know, a human reviewing content and having an algorithm kind of curate things that could be very interesting for these apps to kind of get on board with. And I don't know, I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah, I love it. I mean, same, just as you were saying earlier, this idea that, you know, where we were not even 10 years ago, right? With like 10 years ago, let's see, 2012, Facebook was Instagram. Instagram was a thing, but like yep. barely a thing, right? There were 12 people on it, yep. <laughs> more or less, <laughs> right? And um, and Twitter had been around, but still like 
not not everyone was on these platforms. TikTok did not exist 10 years. Like Periscope and Vine didn't even, I don't think, exist 10 years ago. Think about those, y'all, right? Um, and so I can only imagine what the next 10 years is going to be. But I don't want to look that far in advance. I just want to look at 2022. I want to look at this year. So zooming in from that like bird's eye view of those are some big things that are happening. Um, let's zoom in and look at what do creative business owners need to be focusing on um, in the realm of social media in 2022. So creative boss businesses, what do they need to be doing? Yeah. And as we kind of focus in on this idea of bringing personality to social media, I think there's a huge opportunity for creative business owners to leverage that more for their business. Um, and so depending on your comfort level, I always put that caveat in here. Um, there's a lot of things you can do with social media. But right now, the biggest thing that's going to happen this year is micro video content. So we're already seeing this happen because of TikTok. Now there's Instagram Reels, even Pinterest idea pins and YouTube Shorts. They're very similar content placements. And so creating videos where maybe if you're an artist, you're showcasing your process from start to finish. Or if you're an interior designer, you're going to share your thoughts on different paint colors and why you choose them. Um, you know, really adding the person behind the brand um, and really adding that level of personality and showing what you do as a business owner instead of describing it or telling. Um, and so I think that could be really interesting for business owners because that kind of content doesn't need to be highly produced. We all have video creation machines with our smartphones. Um, and even a lot of the apps have amazing editing tools now built in. So something as simple as that could make a huge difference for your business. The other reason why these micro video content placements are working so well is because a lot of the platforms are trying to copy TikTok. And with TikTok, um, the whole point of it is that most of your feed is people you do not follow. So the whole kind of goal of the app is discovering new content. So as a business owner, when we look at similar placements like Instagram Reels, most of the people who view Instagram Reels don't follow you. So they're showing these videos to people who don't even know who you are. So as a business owner, there's a huge opportunity to kind of step into that place, show up as you are, imperfect at everything, and have people fall in love with you and your business and what you do. And so there's a huge opportunity there in 2022 for business owners to kind of leverage that content type. Okay. I never thought about Reels that way. You kind of just blew my mind with that. Thank you very much. And then I will also add anecdotally, I've been, I'm, I think my social media platform of choice, if you can call it a social media platform, I'd actually love to know your thoughts on that is Pinterest, right? Where I'm just scrolling Pinterest all the time, y'all. <laughs> and not quite that bad, but I will look for recipes or outfits. I cut my hair recently. So I'm still like, it's been a decade since I had short hair. I don't know what to do with it anymore. So I'm like filling up my hair board <laughs> and those sorts <laughs> of things. Like my version of like Instagram scrolling is Pinterest scrolling. Um, so I would love to know what your thoughts are in terms of it being a social media platform. But um, I have seen, I've like noticed all of the video content showing up in my Pinterest feeds. And let me tell you, I don't care if it's a recipe or a hairdo, I'm going to stop and watch 
almost every single time. Um, it is definitely more engaging, more eye-catching, um, and I'm getting sucked in. So, and if, y'all, if it's working on me and I can see through everything, <laughs> then it must be working. <laughs> yes. Well, Pinterest is an interesting one because it is a search first platform. So it is yep. based on search terms and keywords and things like that. But with the introduction of idea pins this year, we are seeing more social elements being added to the platform. And it's working for them because they've got an increase of their user base. Like more people are spending more time on Pinterest. And my guess would be because of these idea pins, which look a lot like TikToks. <laughs> um, and so as a business owner showing up in that way, especially a creative business owner, um, there's so much opportunity on this platform because not only are people discovering you... So Pinterest is also another one of those platforms where it's all about discovery. Um, but it's so specific to the person discovering you because of what they're searching for. So, you know, I've been trying to do a lot of vegetarian recipes. I'm like you where I'm scrolling through Pinterest to get inspiration. And if I saw something that was amazing, I'm stopping and I'm watching the whole thing. And I'm discovering new, like have my favorite blogs that I save. And, you know, I'm discovering new things that way. And so to show up in that place as a business owner, I think there's a lot of magic there. Um, and I don't think you have to pin as much, you know, like two or three years ago, common suggestion was, you know, 20, 30 pins a day. I would say now 2022, you could get away with much, much less. And especially with the idea pins, um, we've been testing that with a few of our clients, you know, a couple of times a week even is more than enough because that content piece is actually living a lot longer in in the feed and it's evergreen. So once you create it, people can continue to find it for years to come. And so that's the difference between, you know, Pinterest and Instagram, where Instagram, you know, your content is kind of hanging out for maybe a day or two if it's a reel. I've seen them go up to two weeks, but then it's like buried and no one's ever going to see it again. <laughs> Whereas with Pinterest, you have the the ability there to have a piece of content that can just hang out for much longer. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also want to throw out here, I just, I sort of had a, I remembered something as you were talking about that, um, that I'm going to throw in here too, as something that is kind of blowing my mind for moving into the new year. I Googled something the other day. I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, um, but it was just like some generic search term. And the very first search result that popped up was an Instagram post. So, and that for me was like I paused, I I'll have to go back through my Slack because I think I even screenshotted it, shared it with the team and was like, y'all look at what just happened. Because what this means is similar to what you were just saying in terms of Pinterest being a little more evergreen is if Instagram's work to make post more search engine optimized is working and my little test there, right? totally proves that it is working in some capacity, then we also have that benefit of our Instagram content also becomes a little more evergreen and makes that platform also a little better for discoverability too, which is yeah. crazy, y'all. We've been waiting over a decade for this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I see this as a huge shift in just all of the social platforms is helping people find the right content. And this goes back mm. to the idea that there's just so much content now that it can be overwhelming. Yeah. I can't even imagine if I were to start using Instagram today, 
I would definitely feel overwhelmed. Like, what's a story? What's a reel? What's a feed? Like, how do you even get started? And I think that you know, the, these platforms have a lot of work ahead of them to make them easier to consume and easier for people to find what they're looking for. Yeah. Oh, I love to see that they're actually like putting the effort into it. And that idea, one of my beefs with Instagram has always been, been that I create this piece of content. It's relevant for four hours. <laughs> right. And then it's buried forever. And so much effort goes into that. And, you know, by comparison, podcasting, our entire library of podcast episodes is still getting consumed to this day. Um, The entire, not the past three, but back to episode number one. Um, And that's, that's very gratifying to me. I can create a piece of content and it will live here forever. Instagram, not so much the case, but for, um, but for that to be changing, it definitely makes Instagram a more viable option for spending that time, money, and energy to create the thing because it will last more than four hours. Yeah, absolutely. And because of that as well, I think, you know, when we, when we think back to how the internet was in the good old days, yeah. um, a lot, <laughs> yep. a lot of people were blogging. And when you think about creating a blog asset, the amount of time and energy that was put into a blog asset, asset, and then knowing that people would go back through your backlog was part of the enjoyment of it. I think it will help business owners be able to spend more time creating quality pieces of content content and creating fewer of them because there will be that backlog. So it'll be interesting to see how we shift. And I do predict less content, but higher quality content for small business owners in 2022. For sure. I also, there's almost even an asterisk to this because better quality. Um, this idea of how much easier it will be for that uh, search engine crawling of social media to potentially spread misinformation. And, you know, if someone is Instagramming something dumb about something <laughs> like that might show up under search terms, um, which is also why everyone needs to learn how to consume content on the internet, which is not the purpose of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That's a whole nother episode to be discerning with what we find online. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. All right, boss. Fresh year, fresh goals, plenty of fresh energy. How will you be harnessing it to help you build a business that better supports your life this year? If I may offer up a suggestion, get your money in order with FreshBooks. From fast and easy invoicing to automated late payment reminders and the ability to handle the hassle of currency conversion, FreshBooks is easy to use accounting software designed specifically with bosses like you in mind and has plans designed for all types of small businesses. So whether you offer a service or a creative agency or a podcast like us, you can choose a plan that's right for you. And no matter which you choose, you'll be saving time all along the way. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. Um, okay, let's touch on YouTube really quickly. Um, and what do you see happening? What do you see happening there right now? Yeah. So YouTube is still dominating when it comes to video content, especially long form video content. And the searchability of YouTube, it has its own culture, which really helps. So people go to YouTube to find something, right? Um, so the, the other day I was, um, looking up, so I'm pregnant. I was looking up, you know, different things about breastfeeding and having a baby. And like the first, I didn't even go to 
YouTube first. I mean, Google first. I went to YouTube. So for me, it's like I want to watch a video from like a doctor explaining the process. And so when we think about the culture around YouTube, that is something really strong that it can stand on. But they're also adding in more social elements. So things like YouTube Shorts, for instance, they look exactly like TikToks um, and they're more discoverable um, and they kind of they kind of show up differently in the apps and on the feed. And so as content creators, it'll be interesting to see how um, we can discern those longer form pieces of content, those meteor pieces of videos versus the YouTube shorts, which are more engaging in community building and relationship building. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the distinction of that going into 2022. I still think the long form videos are going to win. And the videos where someone searches for it, they find the answer that they're looking for, they watch the entire video. Those are the videos that are going to dominate in the next year. Nice. I love it. Perfect. Then moving along, I sort of have a two-parter question for you. I'm going to start with the first one, then we'll obviously go into number two. But in terms of social media, what has been working in the past that you see not working anymore? Mm, Yeah. So with social media specifically in the kind of like this business influencer space. Mm-hmm. A lot of what was working in the past is this idea of like showing up with your perfection. So I you know seeing the big houses, the cars, the you know pools, the lavish lifestyle, the beach mentality of working on the beach. Um that used to work. And what we're seeing now is even with our clients, she recently did a photo shoot for Christmas, um, the posts aren't working as well. When she just posts a selfie, does amazingly. Her professionally shot photo shoot, it's almost painful to look at the analytics because it's just not working like it used to. Um, so it'll be interesting to see in the next year how that changes. I think this is a good thing for business owners because I honestly am so awkward in photo shoots and I think... <laughs> I just, I always look awkward. I don't know. This is how I look. <laughs> um, and so I'm personally excited about it. But also, um, it'll be interesting to see what that imperfection shows up like in other ways for business owners as well. Oh, and how great for everyone's mental health that is going to be. Yes. <laughs> just in general. Just in general. Okay. That's great. That's great news. Um, anything else? Um, I think some of the things that used to work, things like, um, you know, having a really nice designed graphic and posting that graphic across all platforms that used to be really easy to do. Mm. But now there's so many different placements, right? So like even an Instagram square graphic could work on Facebook, doesn't really work on Twitter, kind of works on LinkedIn, definitely doesn't work on anything like um, Pinterest or um, uh, Instagram Reel. And so it's a lot harder to just take that same content and post it everywhere. You really have to create multiple assets for the same piece of content. Um, Now, a workaround is, you know, you can still have the same idea and maybe it's recorded as a video for one platform and an image for another. But just kind of taking the same post and copy pasting it to other platforms isn't working as well as it used to. 
Okay, perfect. There you go, everybody. Don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll actually get into choosing platforms in a moment. But next part of this question is, is there anything that has not worked in the past that you do see working now? So when I think about this idea of long form video, you know, in the past, not a lot of people were hanging out on social media like that. And I really think this is the evolution of how we use our phones and how we use our devices. Where in the past, if you wanted to watch something that was an hour long, you would like set up your computer or sit down at the TV (laughs) to watch it. Whereas now we're seeing people will watch from their mobile device. So I had a client over the summer um, who wanted to do these live streams on Facebook. And he did the first one and it was two hours long. And I was like, no one's going to watch this. Who wants to watch a Facebook live for two hours? But the engagement he got was incredible. Um, And so when I think about his user base and how they consume information, they thought it was a huge bonus that he was doing this two hour long Facebook live stream. And so in the past, that wouldn't have worked. You would have got people popping in and out. Now we're seeing people stay for the majority of the time. So it'll be interesting to see. A couple of weeks ago, um, there was a um, kind of viral moment on Instagram where this woman um, gave birth on Instagram live. It was a seven hour live stream and kind of went a little bit viral because of that. Um, and it was amazing to see how many people watch the whole thing. Um, and so I think it'll be interesting to see how much time people spend on social media that's definitely increasing from a consumer perspective. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that changes how we show up on the apps. I know me personally, I just won't spend that much time. I just can't spend that much time. But some people do. Yeah. Right. And I think I think plenty of people are even replacing like TV time, right? Instead of sitting there watching shows or whatever, movies even, it, it kind of makes you want to see a comparison chart, right? Between the consumption of, you know, Netflix, Hulu, et cetera, and time spent on social media and see if there's any sort of reverse correlation there. But um I agree. One of the things that we do at Almanac that continues to be really successful is our YouTube crystal parties, which are live crystal cells, um, an hour, two plus hours long. And people will come. They're not shopping. They're just watching. And I love that. I love that it is, it has become such a thing. So I think that there are places where, um, where that's happening. And what an amazingly, um, I don't want to, what word do I want to use here? Finding words, just opportunity, I guess, for everyone to have the platform to create the content in the way they want to create it. So a lot of people don't want to show up in Reels, right? Or TikToks, then create a really great Facebook live show or have a baby on Instagram live or, you know, YouTube and just as long as you want. Um, This is also something that we see in the podcasting world, which I think I think of as like the cousin of social media, right? <laughs> Not quite siblings, but definitely related. And there is this trend back towards longer form podcasts. Um, so hour and a half to three hour long podcast two years ago was like a 
death sentence for your show, right? These days, people are more engaged in some of that content where, you know, maybe we don't have to be so concerned anymore about our um, attention span because maybe it's returning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I think this... This goes back to that idea of really understanding kind of your audience and creating content for them. Mm, Because I think that where the, I think where the idea of like attention spans are shortening is that people weren't really connecting with the content to begin with. So, you know, seeing a post in the feed, they would maybe, you know, double tap on Instagram and keep scrolling. There wasn't enough there for them to stop long enough to, Kind of connect with it. And so I think we're not seeing as much people looking at our content, like as many people looking at our content, but we're seeing a higher quality or higher caliber people, the people who will hang out with you on a YouTube live for, you know, a couple of hours and stay the whole time, much more valuable than getting hundreds of thousands of people watching for 10 seconds, right? So yeah. I really like that because I think as business owners, the data that we're getting is so much truer to who's actually consuming our content. And it's not those vanity metrics of, oh, great, this, you know, a hundred thousand people saw this. Well, how many of those people actually like connected with it, you know? Yeah, right. Knowing your conversion points for sure. We talk about this. We've talked about these in a couple of Monday meetups in the community. This idea of, you know, being so excited because a reel goes viral or, or something. But what did that mean for you? Like, did you get an influx of followers? And if no, then like, so what? <laughs> if yes, then high five. It actually worked. It's, um, I mean, it's definitely making room for us to more clearly define true metrics for success for the things that we're doing. Um, and I definitely see someone who's willing to stay two hours to see a bunch of crystals on YouTube, um, way better than 50 people showing up for, you know, five minutes, whatever it may be. What I love most about this is that it prompts us to rethink things, which I think is something that we have to do in the world of just online stuff (laughs) in general, because things do evolve so quickly, is that, you know, whether it is part of the earlier conversation of even Instagram going back and being like, okay, actually, maybe chronological feeds was better, or long form content, video or audio content not being something that people consumed previously but is now working, it teaches us all to go back and try things that maybe didn't work in the past. Maybe you haven't tried before to see if they're going to work now and understand your metrics along the way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think part of this is a relief for business owners as well, because I think it's so much harder to have that cookie cutter strategy to what works on social media. It really comes down to your business if you're the sole business like operator too, it's how you personally want to show up on, in that role. Um, and then how your audience wants to consume information. And once you kind of nail down those three things, then I think there's so much of a beautiful potential with social media rather than having to, you know, post, you know, twice a day or do this or do that. It's really just leaning into what works for you. Perfect. That's what everyone wants to hear. (laughs) Just that. Just do what works for you. You don't need to follow anyone else's rules. Um, So other than that, what recommendations do you have for bosses um, to do as they are moving into 2022 with their social media strategies? 
Yeah. So when we think about the social media strategy, there's a few things that I, like a few questions I want you to think about. The first is defining social media for yourself and for your business. So I think a lot of times as business owners, that definition gets kind of entangled. And I've been seeing a lot of conversation lately about being overwhelmed or wanting to delete the apps off our phones. And I think that comes from this confusion of using social media as a personal tool, maybe to connect with friends and family and using social media as a tool to grow your business. So my question would be, what is that for you? And what is social media for your business? I mean, really think about it, maybe even write it down. And then that can help you decide how you're going to show up in those places. So social media is my job and I still don't have any notifications turned on. I can't live that life. Like I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. Um, So for me, social media is a tool for business almost strictly. My personal life is almost completely separated. And that really works for me. So I can show up when I'm working and when I'm not it doesn't exist, right? So that really works for me. Um, And then the other thing to think about is how you want to show up. So I talked about video as an example. And for a lot of us who like speaking and talking, video can be a great tool for communication. So if that works for you, lean into video. But I do also know a lot of creative business owners who don't want to show their face on the camera. That's fine as well. There are a lot of other ways to use video without having to do that. Um, So for example, one of our clients this week created in Canva a quote that they put a little video background behind, which is also now free in Canva, and posted it as an Instagram reel, and it got 33,000 views. And she didn't have to say anything or show her face. And so there's ways that you can leverage these tools without having to be, you know, the dance or the trend or the some people are acting out full scenes. Um, you don't have to do it that way. And so really kind of deciding, you know, what is the role that social media plays in your life and your business? And then how do you personally want to show up on the app? Those are two questions. Once you have them answered, it would really help clarify what you should be doing in 2022 on social media. Beautiful. Okay. Sort of a follow-up question to this and part of our earlier conversation is the overwhelm the content creation, and choosing which platforms (laughs) to be on. What are your recommendations for choosing a platform or multiple platforms for your business to exist on? Yeah. So if you are the sole operator, I do recommend just one platform. So picking one platform. And that platform really depends. You can Google your space. So for instance, if you make ceramic pottery, you can Google, you know, best platform for pottery or something like that. And you'll get some answers to that question. Um, a lot of the platforms right now that are popular, we're talking about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok, YouTube to some extent as well. So you can really pick any of those and likely you'll find your customers and clients on that platform. But the second kind of choice you want to make is if that platform works for you. So for my B2B business owners, I almost always recommend LinkedIn. It's such a great platform for that audience. However, I have a handful of clients who try it out and they go, I don't like it here. (laughs) I don't want to be here. And so we'll find another option. So if you 
try out a platform and you don't like it, don't feel like you have to use it, you can probably find your audience on other platforms. Um, when to start expanding to multiple platforms is when you start hiring. So either hiring someone to help you with social media or other aspects of your business so you can spend more time on social media because your time does multiply as you get into other platforms. Um, so proceed with caution as you add in and layer in other platforms. Wonderful. Thank you for that permission. Everyone, you heard that. (laughs) You heard that. Now do something about it (laughs) one way or the other. Perfect. Andrea, this has been a total treat. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this. Is there any sort of last thoughts you have for social media in this next era? Social media is so easy to be a comparison game. So yeah. that's my yeah. my warning for business owners because everything is so perfect, quote unquote, and we could just see the highlight reel of everyone else's business. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We didn't see the ugly shower cry that morning. So I think that, you know, as business owners, to really be cautious about how much you're comparing yourself to other business owners on social media, because social media does make it very easy to do that. Um, You know, just be cautious about how often you're doing that. Curate who you're following and how you're consuming information on social media as well, uh, because it's very easy to kind of slip into that um, almost despair feeling. And I know this because my company, we run social media accounts for other people. So the, you know, effortless selfie. To, we planned it two months ago, or you know, the heartfelt video was like a script that was written. So you know, I see the behind the scenes of a lot of these things, and I don't want you to compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter ten and feel bad about it. Perfect advice. Thank you so much for that. And where can our audience learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, so I am everywhere on all the social platforms at Online Drea. I'm the one exception because it's my job. Yeah, um, <laughs> at Online Drea, and then you can find me at my website, onlinedrea.com. That's online D R E A. And if you want to dive deeper into social media, the trends that are coming up for 2022, um, I did just release a podcast episode all about that on the Savvy Social Podcast, which is my show. Um, so you can search Savvy Social Podcast. 2022 trends, and you should be able to find that episode. Um, I talk a lot about TikTok. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can definitely check that out as well. Perfect. And my last question for you, what makes you feel most boss? Uh, What makes me feel most boss? You know, at this very moment, it's the opportunity to create the future. Um, I'm... I am in the process of planning my maternity leave and it feels like such a powerful thing to just be able to choose what's next for me and so that feels like a super boss move so I'm really excited about that yeah that's like the most boss move defining your own maternity leave and making it all look like exactly what you want it to high five yeah I'm excited (laughs) perfect well congratulations and thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this with us I appreciate you being here Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show, Emily. Of course. I just want to take a minute to shout out to all the small business owners out there, because it's hard work balancing your bottom line and taking care of a team. 
That's why Gusto built an easier and more affordable way to manage payroll benefits and more. Automatic payroll tax filing, simple direct deposits, free health insurance administration. Y'all, that's a winner. 401ks, you name it, Gusto made it simple. It's my favorite, onboarding tools that allow you to easily inform a new hire on their benefits and the policies so they walk in on day one knowing what they need to know to get started with the bank. And right now, you can get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash beingboss. That's gusto.com slash beingboss. Now, until next time, do the work, be boss. Yeah.